When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's it, everybody. We are back. This is episode two, three, four. Working title, Designing for Vertical Video in 2023. So put some thought into this one. We might keep it. But vertical video is also kind of what is synonymous with short form content, which will be, I'm sure, using the two interchangeably to an extent throughout this episode. But basically, we're going to be discussing the rise and the rise of vertical video, the rise of the short form content and how us web developers, web designers can deal with that and how we have been dealing with it and how the big services are dealing with it when you're in this weird portrait slash also landscape uh, environment, I guess uh, it, it's 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 a weird thing, and I'm and I'm gonna we're gonna talk about it. So if this sounds interesting to you, and you're gonna support the show, go check us out on that Patreon. Leave a review rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And I, I want to just start out with sort of almost the origin story of this short form content, this vertical video stuff, and uh, it, with this like little really brief segment on the rise of vertical video and short form content. And as we all know. Short-form content has really, really taken off the last few years with the rise of TikTok. And it, it, it's taken off so much at this point that we have competitors that have come in. Big titans have come in like Instagram. Instagram was all photos, uh, all photos and videos rather. And then they they said, oh, my God, we, we need to get into the short form content stuff. And they released reels, Instagram reels. And then, of course, YouTube, which is Google, like they're they're like, oh, that's it. Like you know, we can't just have our long form videos. We can't just have our variable length videos. More importantly, we we need some shorts. We need, you know, YouTube shorts. And it, it what what this has done is it is it it's not just short form content that. It's not just short form content. It's, it's, it's also vertical content. So it's, it's changed form factor and it's changed experience. So you, we're right now, we can just quickly watch a video and then we literally do a little flick and the next video shows up, do a little flick. The next video shows up and it's just this constant auto playing thing. And we've seen that before YouTube shorts, for example, on YouTube with something like autoplay and things like that. But. And, and even with Instagram, with their discovery feed to an extent. But realistically speaking, you know, the rise of the vertical video and the short form content the way we see it today has really been the last couple of years. This vertical, really quick video to the point of YouTube shorts is 60 seconds in maximum length at the moment. Instagram reels is up to 90 seconds. And then TikTok is up to 10 minutes. Uh, which is a bit of an outlier, but TikTok, I believe from memory, so this could be a bit muddy, but went from, I believe, 60 seconds to three minutes to then a maximum of 10 minutes. I believe that's how that went. But I've talked about this sort of pathway to this and like, what was the pathway? Well, there's, there were a lot of predecessors and a lot of say market indicators that looking back with, of course, the 2020 hindsight, 
uh, we can talk about and analyze. So something like YouTube haikus, and these are really short videos, um, under a minute in most cases. I've seen people label uh, one to three minutes being the absolute maximum for YouTube haikus. I'm not going to get into the politics of what is a haiku, what is well, I'm not, I don't care, but that was something that was big on YouTube for a while and was being shared on mass on Reddit. And, uh, on my other podcast, we used to meet up and make up the show notes and stuff like that on my gaming podcast. And we would be sharing, uh, and watching YouTube haikus because we just had a few minutes before the show. And so I remember that being this really quick short form content, but it was all landscape. Some of it would, would start getting a little vertical because people are filming with their phones and vertical. And I remember always the comment would be, why are people filming vertical? Like why, like why do people care? Why is it portrait? Why is it not landscape? Um, and, and that's, you know, here's where the narrative and the technology starts to change a bit. The next thing is stories and on Instagram, of course, but on everything else, everything at one point or another started getting stories and uh, the difference between stories uh, and just say regular content that would sit on the server wait- waiting to be played is that it would disappear after a set duration. Um, but this made it hard to catalog, meaning save it for later. You had to screenshot it if it was a uh, just an image, hopefully, but if it was a video, you had to somehow download it if you even could do that. And because they were sp- spontaneous and because they were sort of in the moment, they lacked substance from some content creators. I'm not saying that people's stories are bad, but because they would just disappear, it's sort of like, hey, why would I put a lot of effort into these stories? Some people did. And to this day, stories are still around. They absolutely have their place today. But of course, like even when Mike and I, we, we share stories uh, on our Instagram, I will post a tutorial video that I spent time making that will sit forever in the feed and the reels feed or whatever they call it now. And then I will share that in the stories, letting people know that, hey, like today, like a bit of spontaneity. Hey, today I posted a new video, but I'm not going to make another video in the in the stories. And that's kind of the consequence of the temporary nature for a lot of people. Um I've already mentioned that we already had like a lot of communities around YouTube haikus, but also a lot of content around video memes where people would start to make haikus or little videos where instead of just having the the text of the meme and an image, they would start to add a little bit of video in there. And that started popping up on YouTube here and there. I know that at least in my experience, it was more rare than say the haikus. The haikus were really big, at least on Reddit. Um, and then we got another short form content platform entirely vine uh vine was six seconds so that's the <laughs> that's the king of short form content there it's six seconds really quick videos some great content on there but again maybe lacking some substance to an extent and i don't mean that the vines were bad i loved vine i used vine all the time back then what i mean is is if i'm trying to teach you a, tor- a coding tutorial i'm not going to be like css if everyone- i'm out of time we're not going to we're not going to be able to have a great conversation in such a short bit of time for teaching and stuff like that. So if you're looking for content that is like co- a teaching uh, guides, stuff like that, they don't fit on Vine. So Vine was great. And like I said, I loved it for uh, entertainment, but king of short form content. I miss Vine. Honestly, I still I still miss it. I mean, the Bo- the original Bo Burnham stuff was classic, classic Vine. You know what the thing is, though, with Vine is that I'm surprised it wasn't it was purchased by Twitter and, you know, whatever 
whatever happened to it after it got shut down or got revived or then it was archived or whatever the status is. I never really followed it, but I'm surprised it didn't just get used as a type of post. Why isn't it like I'm going to post a, a Twitter a video, but it's going to be Vine. And then there's a feed of Vines or something. I'm just surprised it never kind of like how Instagram has your posts, your carousel, your video or your reels. And some of that's been mixed together now, but. I think it was tough to monetize. I think it was just, it was just a monetization thing where, first of all, you're storing video, even six seconds of video can add up if there's a lot of them. And I don't think they figured out monetizing short form content yet. I mean, we're still early in the monetization of short form content because it's just the attention span is completely different. Sure. Right. So that's the reason that I think that's the reason that like a lot of times the short form content has failed in the past. TikTok is the exception to that rule. YouTube Shorts has followed TikTok. Insta Reels has followed TikTok to a point where like they have some sort of uh, way of doing it now, like monetizing. Did you hear that YouTube also started to come up with like a community fund kind of thing that TikTok has for their short form content? So they're trying to take like inspiration from TikTok to fund to actually uh, monetize their short form. So that that was the missing piece. So Vine was early. Twitter was kind of way too early for purchasing it for the amount of money that they purchased it. And Twitter was obviously bleeding money at the time. So they needed something to monetize and they couldn't figure it out. Well, even Twitter is going to start paying their creators in some capacity from what I've been told. And that's and Twitter, which we'll get into, is sort of the text short form content people. A lot of the content on Twitter is texting. Of course, there's images. Of course, there's videos. But that it, it does seem to be uh, particularly uh, about text, about writing and reading. And it, it is bite-sized. It's tweets. It's not books. It's not full-on novels or anything like that. Um, but there's another one that I think maybe could slip under the radar, and that is Stumble Upon. So I don't know if you remember this one, Mike, but we used to go on this when we were in college. Uh, between our classes, we'd sometimes be sitting in the cafeteria or whatever, and you you could choose a particular topic or maybe just completely random, and it would take you to a random web page, and you could just click, you know, stumble again, stumble, 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 and it would keep taking you to random web pages. It would take you to random content and you would see cool art and you would see maybe some videos if they were embedded in that page or cool blog posts. And like I said, you could steer it a little bit with, oh, I want to see gaming stumble uponds or whatever. And I don't know whether stumble uponds still around. I know it was, I guess, I think a few years ago, I like checked up on it or something. I don't hear about it literally at all. Um, But uh, this all, all this stuff, like we were exposed to all this time. And I do actually remember even myself, Mike will probably remember this is like, I remember mentioning to Mike when we were coming up with ideas for a project one time is I was like, man, like we should really like, maybe we should make like a stumble on stumble upon uh, competitor, but for shorter form stuff, because stumble upon, like I said, is taking you to different web pages. And sometimes it's like a whole read, you got to read this whole thing. And that's not really short form content. So maybe, maybe. For shorter form stuff that's more digestible than scrolling through a web page. Um, and then, and, and obviously the market has, has started to do that years and years later. Here we are and we were seeing the, the results of boiling down all these features from these predecessors. So for example, YouTube videos lend themselves to more longer form content. And so the player is cumbersome to load up. But YouTube Shorts is not like that. So you're on YouTube, you scroll through, you're like, hey, I'll watch that review. Hey, I'll watch that video. Hey, I'll watch that TED Talk, whatever. 
That is cumbersome. You're looking through a feed of videos. You're clicking on videos at variable length, some of them several hours. You're then clicking into it. It loads up a page. You have to like set it to full screen, maybe set your volume and there's other options there. And then you, then you watch it. It's more cumbersome than something like YouTube shorts, which is you click YouTube shorts or shorts in the little nav bar they have in the app and you're watching something. You swipe up, you're watching something else. You swipe up, you're watching something else. Of course. The six second limit of Vine was great for skits and comedy, like we mentioned, but arguably any content, like I said, guides, tutorials, things like that kind of got lost, unfortunately, which is possibly why I wanted to bring this up again, why TikTok decided, you know what, let's have up to 10 minutes. And I do still see tons of videos on TikTok that are under a minute. Probably the majority of the ones that I see are under a minute. And I will struggle sometimes to sit there for the 10 minutes, sit there for the five minutes, the three minutes. But the point is, sometimes somebody makes something that's really good, or uh, it's a guide on some new CSS feature that I actually do want to see. And it just, I just stumbled upon it. There's the name. <laughs> There's the name, but I stumbled upon it on my, on my For You page. And of course. I will watch that whole thing. And so there's more substance there. There's more content there. I should probably say instead of more substance, there's more content there than with just the six seconds. And also stumble upon the service. This I'm mentioning here is master as really mastered at that time, the for you page before we had for you pages. So like I said, the modern feed, you just, you're there, you swipe up, next video, you swipe up, next video. This is on TikTok, this is on YouTube Shorts, this is on Instagram Reels, right? Um, but StumbleUpon had that already, where you would just click Stumble, you know, Stumble, Stumble, click the next button, the next button, the next button, whatever the button was called, they had that. You roughly guided it with maybe a topic here and there, if memory serves, but that was it. So they had, they boiled down StumbleUpon to the For You page, kind of. Which is on your TikTok, you just have an algorithmically uh, generated feed of videos that's constantly fed to you. And also Reddit is another thing that was that played a part in this early short form content slash vertical video because it was a curation. It was a curation in a sea of YouTube videos. And it would curate them into specific categories like haiku or like uh, different categories in the various subreddits. There's tons of them. I'm not going to go mention them all. But this instantly gets a little bit cumbersome again because you're going to Reddit. They have links. Back then, there wasn't Reddit Enhancement Suite, or at least we weren't using it, or at least it, and it wasn't that big. And so people are clicking it. It loads a YouTube video. You watch the little five, 10 second, two minute, whatever YouTube video. Now you got to back out. It reloads Reddit. It is cumbersome. It's not super hard, but it is cumbersome. So we've, these different bits and pieces get boiled down. It's like, Hey, Vine is short. Okay. People like short form, uh, YouTube, YouTube, uh, shorts or sorry, YouTube has that longer content, but you got to do the browse. Okay. Let's cut the browse out. Uh, stumble upon, like I said, mentioned the for you page and then Reddit, of course, is the curation. So it's like, okay, let's boil all these parts down at, and this is where we are at today. So some main sort of, uh, short form content features that I want to talk about today is the first one is random and direct. So much of the short form content that we absorb is random. That's your for you page. 
you instead of you following a bunch of people and then looking at all the followed content, you get fed a bunch of content. And YouTube, before YouTube Shorts, had the autoplay and they had an algorithm feed you videos, feed you videos. Oh, you like gaming videos? Here's another gaming video. Oh, you like documentaries? Here's another documentary. So people and, and you can have two different feeds, of course, in many of these apps, including Twitter. Now you have your for you, which is your algorithmic feed of people, people uh, that you may follow and or may not follow and whatever. But then if you just want to see content from people that you follow, you click on your following your follower feed, your following feed, and you go through that, of course. But the big thing here is the algorithm that was really boiled down. Is it just it instead of you searching? browsing like Netflix, people will say, oh, I browse Netflix infinitely, indefinitely. I browse Netflix t- constantly and I just end up on my phone. Well, part of that might be because you're, you know, you're bored of the, the Netflix content or you're not feeling long form content, but a lot of people go instantly to a social media feed, whether that is this short form content in the, the form of a YouTube short or a TikTok, or whether they're just on Instagram looking at photos, it's instant content. It's quick and it's fed to you at random. I have a question for you, Matt. Have you noticed that since you've started to go into short form content from a consumer perspective, from someone that watches short form content, that your patience for longer form content has dwindled? Yes. So you watch less YouTube, more TikTok? I think it actually didn't begin with the videos, like with TikTok and that. I think it actually began with just social media feeds where sometimes it was a video, sometimes it's a photo, sometimes it's some text, like a Facebook feed or something where I'm going to constantly be fed information. And back then, a lot of it was just from people that I was friends with or people that I was following. It was less algorithmic back then in the various feeds, but I found myself going into a show or a longer form YouTube video and just scrolling my phone. And I think now with things like TikTok, with YouTube shorts, with Instagram reels, it's easier than ever. Um, Another thing is, is that I would check those feeds and I'd click refresh, refresh, refresh. Then I'd stop, put it down, watch a little bit of the long form content, which has been playing in the background the entire time. I would then all of a sudden pick it back up, refresh. Oh, there's only like two more links. Look at them. They're garbage. Put it back down. Rinse, repeat. But now it's infinite, man. It's infinite. It just keeps going. And so I find my, like I've, I've caught myself in the morning, wake up, go on TikTok, look up. It's been an hour and a half, two hours. It has absolutely happened. Is it a norm? No, but it has happened. I'm like, oh my God. Like I've just, I thought like I've just was watching some TikToks, but it's like, yeah, but you watched. 30 TikToks at two minutes a piece, you know, that there, there goes your hour. I had the same realization and I've, I've downloaded and uninstalled TikTok probably like 10 times from my phone. Uh, and it, Instagram is a little bit easier to kind of just avoid, but it's been the situation where I, if I get into TikTok or Instagram reels, I'll start scrolling. And then like, if I do that consistently for a couple of days, I'll go and watch it, a, a normal YouTube video that I usually enjoy like a review of something or a script, like a whatever about web development, something. Uh, and I just, I don't have like, I'm instantly going to my phone to try to open up like a, a reel because I don't want, I don't want to watch anything longer. So I've, I've literally like taken it upon myself to be like, no, this is bullshit. Like I'm, I don't want to deal with this. This is, this is actually like degrading my enjoyment of content that I'm typically liking for stuff that really gives me no 
actual like useful information. Now, obviously, like you're, there is some useful information in TikToks, especially now, like educational TikToks and stuff like that have started to come up, but there's only so much you can do in like a minute or two. You still need to have that patience to watch something longer. And I have like, I have a hard time balancing. Like, it's just like, if I get too much into short form content, I can't sustain watching my usual YouTube videos. Right. And I only have so much time during the day to do any of that kind of stuff anyway, because obviously but even, even what about your TV shows? Like, for example, like you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. Rings of Power comes out on Amazon. You you watched it. So, but, yeah. but it's because you're a big fan. What if another show comes out, same service, you have the subscription, Prime Video, and it is something that is not related to something you're a big fan of, but you've seen the trailer and you're interested. I don't know about you, but for me, I haven't watched any of that type of stuff in a long time. I have been watching the same creators, the same – I haven't been expanding other than I've been expanding my – arsenal, if you will, of people that I follow or just watch the videos of on TikTok, YouTube, and YouTube shorts and reels. Absolutely. Do you see that as a positive or a negative? I want to scream negative, but I think it's just because it's new. So which is why I don't want to sound off alarms because every time something's new, you're like, holy, you know, like, well, let's, you know, let's figure it out. It, you don't want to sound the alarm bells yet. Although I will say uh, the whole attention span argument where people are saying, hey, you got like short attention span. I have a friend whose uh, whose dad is um, addicted basically to content. He can't if a movie is too slow, he opens up a social feed. And this is not a Zoomer like Gen Z. This is not a millennial. This is whatever generation he is, but it's like one of our, like a millennial millennial person's father is addicted to short form content. And that's like, I I was kind of taken aback by that. Well, like, man, like what? Like most people would just, they're totally fine. Just sitting there. If they're older, like they're willing to wait for slower internet and stuff like that. And not the case here, not the case here. It's a tendential discussion and I get that like listeners and stuff like, and this is a web development podcast, but the idea of this short attention span content from a video perspective, from a sound perspective, from whatever, like there's a million different ways that short form content can be approached now is something that, especially if you're in consumer marketing, if you're in a, a, a place where you're trying to market your application or you're in a place that you're trying to design a website for the new age of viewers, right? This is something you have to consider because if you're going to sure. design a web page and put like a big block of text in the middle of it, know that that's the same as putting a 10 minute video in a TikTok feed. That's Why the same kind of analogy. There's, there's the read, the read times. This is a two yeah. minute read. Yeah. That's One minute those, read. Those, those views, the views on those two minute read articles is going to be usually higher than the 10 minute, 20 minute articles. Now, there are serious exceptions. Like there's some really great long articles that are, are, you know, are exceptions to that rule. But the, the view timers, you're right. Like a lot of people will look for shorter articles explaining to them something that they need. So for instance, if someone sees a feed of articles, and a two minute article on how to center a div and a 10 minute article on how to center a div, which one are they going to click on? Obviously the two minute one, usually like the, the majority of people. Now you're out there saying like, no, I like to read in depth content. That's great. You're the exception to the rule at this point in time. Yeah. There's, a, the, there's a spectrum of preference. Yeah. Of course. Like some people yeah. love to just sit down and really understand a topic. 
Correct. And that's fine. And that's great. And like, personally, I think I like that too. But the idea is to understand that you are now the exception. Now, if you want to create content that's more digestible and you want to get people to actually convert on your site or whatever your, whatever your goal is, you have to start thinking about short term in some way, shape or form. Not all your content has to be short, short form for sure. Now, how about this? Take the exact thing you're Mm -hmm. saying and think about the creators. It's easier for the creators to create shorter content, arguably. I'm sure there's some cases where that's not the case, arguably, because it's less footage. It's less editing. Way easier. It's way easier. It's a guarantee to be easier. Now, there's still some, there's still a lot that you have to do. For instance, if you're trying to make concise short content, Matt, like shout out to Matt on our TikTok right now, the HTML things TikTok, that's concise short form content. That's not really that easy because you need to put in a script of how much you, you can put in in a 60 second video. You need to edit it down to 60 seconds. And there's a lot of like actual information that's covered quickly in that 60 seconds, right? So that that is a little bit of an exception here. Um, making a 10 minute video on that topic and a 60 second video on that topic, you could argue that they're both challenging because of different uh, limitations. But when you're talking most of the TikTok videos, they're just kind of recordings of someone talking about a topic or just like literally recording a scene of some sorts or something like that. The editing you have to do there is obviously a lot less than if you were doing like a day in the life video that's like 20 minutes long. Well, well, the thing is, is I, I start using more efficient language in my scripting where I I, I think, OK, I'm going to make, make something that's quick and concise. So I'm not going to cover that much. Right. I'm going to condense it down, choose the really important points. But then I'm, I also start writing the way I would normally write quickly. And maybe it's a three minute read. And then I read it out. I have my stopwatch going and I go, uh oh, OK, I got to take out all these nuances. I have to take out any of these ums and stuff. Uh, any pauses I have, I'm going to cut out in post. Uh, we got to shave this down because my goal for the current series I'm working on in 60 seconds or less is quite literally to, to have individual lessons in 60 seconds or less. Yeah, that's a, that that's the thing. Like it's it's just it's that goal is actually a little bit challenging. So you're you're giving yourself a challenge of doing that, right? So that that's what makes short form content sometimes difficult. But again, it's that it's the balance. Like obviously making it as a 10-minute video, you'll have to do way more editing for sure because you have way more content that you have to edit, but you'll have to do less of this kind of cutting and thinking about every single word that you're saying and stuff like that. So it, ba- it balances out. It's still probably harder to do 10 minutes of that content just because of the length. Absolutely. And, and, and here's the thing though. There's, there's some, there's some indicators. So like I said, this sort of, sort of subsection here is random and direct. So if you think about it, who goes to YouTube subscription tab? This was before co- short form content. Everyone that I know, including myself, and I don't have a massive sample size, just goes to the home with the exception of if I really like a a particular creator. And then I literally search for that creator. I don't go to my subscriptions tab. I haven't adjusted my subscriptions, the people I've subscribed to that often or that much recently, I should say. There's a bunch of creators that I new creators, maybe four or five that I watch now pretty regularly. The algorithm feeds it to me on there. This is exactly what happens in the YouTube shorts and exactly what happens on the TikTok where you do a little swipe up, you watch a video, do a little swipe up, the next video shows up. It's an algorithmic thing. So we're starting to lose 
those little more directed things like going to the subscription. And also that's why people always say, hey, subscribe and click the notification so I get a notification because sometimes it doesn't go out, whether that's a glitch um, or whether uh, it's some sort of algorithm that's also charging the or, or sorry, changing the subscriptions feed. I don't know, but we're starting to lose that. Think about TikTok. Who goes to the the following page? I haven't. I've been to the following page twice. I was like, ah, oh, this is boring. I've seen these people. Even if it's new content, I leave and I go back to for you because I want to see something new, new, new. Oh, this guy's fixing a car. Oh, this person's doing this. Oh, this is like anything. Like it, it, it jumps around everywhere, and I have to constantly correct it. It'll be like, let's take you into romantic TikTok. And I'm like, nope. Bring her back. And I'm and I'm willing to like. You know, market is not interested or scroll by it without interacting. And then it eventually gets the message. Okay. Like, let's show him some tech. Let's show him some cool, weird car stuff. Let's show him whatever the case may be. And my TikTok will change with what I'm doing. If it's the weekend, sometimes I'm not looking at coding tutorials on TikTok. I'm looking at something else. Um, I'm looking at more gaming stuff or whatever. Uh, Twitter, like I said, has that for you now as well, as well as the following. And for you does get a mix of following and. Um, people you're not following, which is the same for something like TikTok as well. But like it, the, the algorithm is feeding a lot of people's views. Like it is feeding a lot of people's what they're seeing, what they're watching. Uh, I rarely am I searching for stuff on TikTok. Rarely am I searching for stuff outside of needing something as a creator being like, Oh, I need that specific sound or something. Instagram used to largely just show you who you were following. And I've told Mike before, this is a few years ago, that I followed a bunch of people years ago, and then I stopped following people, and I just I just go scroll through. Now there's some, hey, this person's suggested. Hey, this person's suggested. And this is just the feed. I'm not even talking about reels. So it's being boiled down into, this is where we're at, random and direct. And random meaning algorithm-fueled. So it's, you know, it'll probably show you gaming if you like gaming. It's not going to show you how to plant cabbage or something. But... Pretty well, random and direct. It's direct for you. It's right in your face. And it's really obvious that, hey, you, hey, you might like this. You might like this. And that's what I have adopted in a lot of my watching. Long form and short form content. Short form content primarily. The next thing is the use of sound and text. So moving memes, like I mentioned before, where this is what we used to call it moving memes. I don't know if that was a widespread term or just me and my friends, but you used to have like the memes text, like, you know, uh, let's fix all the things, the all the things meme, kind of like how our, our podcast is HTML, all the things. And they would be, a, and now there's a little video that's beside the text and it, you know, it portrays that meme in some way. And it's usually funny and it's like, oh, haha, drop a like, that type of thing. Also recognizable sound bites from hit songs from memes, from streaming streamer moments that are hilarious and, and widespread from uh, we just published one on, my, on Day One Patch Media's TikTok, which is my other um, podcast where I took the menu music from a game and it's like a really epic menu music. And I took a, a pretty crazy situation in the game and I slow motioned it and it, you know, and then you get some you get some, like you get that effect of like people are like, oh, I recognize this this menu music. It's epic menu music, and holy, look at this big explosion that happened in this game. That's there's your sight, your your sound, and your text. Also, text overlays, not just with memes. There's text all over the place on these things. I'm putting text on stuff to make TikTok understand, to make Instagram understand what I'm what I'm doing, but also because it just makes sense. Like it's it 
it helps the video, uh, especially with the um, coding tutorials. I'm literally pointing things out. Hey, look, a little arrow with a blurb. This is what this means. This is what this means. Things like that. Um, instant responses is another big one. So it's no longer just a comment section, although that still totally exists, but you can easily respond with a video. Easily respond with a video. You can respond to yourself with a video if you wanted to clarify something. If you want, if, if someone in your comments is like, Hey, I don't really get how that part of your video worked. I didn't get that, didn't understand that part of your coding tutorial. You can respond with a video, another TikTok explaining it. And that response can go viral just in the four use if it's a really good explanation, for example. That individually can go viral. It's another, it's not just a response. It's another piece of content. So yeah, instant responses with your texting, of course, like your, your, uh, your comments section, but you can make, you can make another TikTok, another piece of short form content. It varies per, um, per service. Of course, I haven't seen this done on YouTube shorts and I haven't tried it. Maybe you can do it there. I don't think you can, but, um, just something there to keep in mind. Also big you one used to be able to do it on YouTube, but you can't anymore. There used to be like, this was like five or six years ago, I think, where you could respond to YouTube videos with YouTube videos. Like you could make a video. I kind of remember that, actually. Remember that? Yeah. So that that, that was a feature, but they've kiboshed it for whatever reason. That's weird. Um, The next one here, I'm actually going to skip to the end because Mike Mike has a really good point about it. Uh, So the, the next further one down, I suppose, is swipe for more. We've already mentioned several times, one quick action. You're not backing out, looking at a YouTube feed, making a decision, checking the length, clicking it. You're not doing that anymore. Swipe up, next video. Swipe up, next video. You don't like it? Swipe up again. Next video. Oh, you wanted to see that one again? Swipe down. Watch the previous video. This is big. Like, this is a different thing. And I've I've had this conversation. I don't remember if I had this conversation on on this podcast, but I had a conversation. I had this conversation with uh, some people. Uh, the other day where they were like, you know, why, why are people going on TikTok? And I was like, here's the power of TikTok. And I was on a, a PlayStation party with them. So they could only, they could only hear me. And I was just like, here, I'm going to open up TikTok. Oh, look, I'm watching somebody. And they're like, what? Cause this is when TikTok was new. And I told them, I was like, there's the power on YouTube. I, I have to be convinced to click on that video to watch it. This video is already playing. If I'm hooked in any capacity, I'm going to watch it. If I'm curious in any capacity, I'm going to watch it. There isn't a decision of, should I click this? It's already playing. It's right in my face. What's hilarious about this is that Facebook tried to do this with auto playing videos and people hated it. And everyone tried to, at least everyone that I knew tried to turn it off and they didn't like it. And this and that due to data restrictions of of the time on mobile phones or because it was playing loud noises uh, when they were just trying to go through a, what was a silent, a silent feed before with just pictures and videos that were not auto playing. Um, But now this, like you hear people accidentally, you hear in public, you're, Dah! and then they quickly turn it down because they've opened up TikTok not thinking and it blares out a sound because it's already playing it. And that is powerful. That's powerful stuff. I found I'm watching cooking TikToks. I would never click on a cooking video on YouTube. I'm cl- now I'm watching cooking TikToks. And then I've watched a couple of their long form videos as a result. And it's because it was pushed in front of my face and I was not forced to watch it, but I was like, Oh, how do you, how do you cut celery properly? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's weird, but it's like, oh, it's 30 seconds. I'll watch that. Oh, the next one's about steak. Sure. I, I, I'd like to barbecue a nice steak. That's the power of it. And the fact that it's random, random algorithm powered is so powerful in, in today's day and age. Um, there's, oh, go ahead, Mike, if you're at a point there. 
Yeah, like it, it's an interesting concept because you're right. Like a lot of times when I'm going through TikTok, I'm watching something that I would have never watched before, never clicked on purposely. But now that I'm watching it, I find interest in it, right? So that, that happens quite often. It's a different way of serving you content and a different way of expanding your interest. There is some value to that. You know what I mean? Like we could, you could get, you can learn some lessons from that, whether you're doing video content or whatever. Uh, in a way that like they just thought a little bit differently, which is, I don't know, it's, I never thought of it like that. So I, I thought that was a good point. Another thing too, is that, is that uh, like the short form content that that's delivered, like, remember I was mentioning the curation and all that type of thing. We kind of, we kind of were heading toward this inevitably. And, I, and this, this is just a thought that popped in my head because compilation videos, like how many times have I been watching a YouTuber and he, he's really good at Halo. He's really good at, whatever he's really good at whatever video game and then he releases a compilation video that is a curated compilation video from a creator i like and he curated it so it's his best clips and of course i'm going to watch it but they're all short form pieces of content now those indiv- now those individual clips are not in a compilation they're individual pieces of content they're like almost equal value pieces of content instead of one big video and we were already watching the short form content inside of the long form content video, 10 minute compilation with a hundred clips or something. It's like all of this stuff is so interesting to sort of be like, man, like we really were boiling down to this. Another thing here is structure and recall. So my one buddy told me, he said the number one thing he hates about TikTok and he hates about reels and he hates about all this stuff is that it's instant. And it disappears on him. Not that it's literally gone, but because it's, you know, you just swipe up, you just swipe up, you just swipe up. You can lose that video so fast forever, never find it, even with search, because you've accidentally scrolled by it. You didn't like it. You didn't bookmark it. You didn't do this. And this is why the structure and the recall is so important, because you can favorite videos. You can bookmark them. You can like them and then go back in your likes. Uh, in YouTube's case, you can go back in your watch history. And so that structure of liking videos and commenting and bookmarking and saving for later, throwing on your watch and throwing on a playlist, throwing on your watch later, all of that stuff that YouTube has on its more traditional content, traditionally longer form content, all that, all that structure stuck around. It seemed like it was sort of like, ah, you know, why do we need this? But it stuck around because it, it you're right. If, I watched a killer CSS tutorial on TikTok and I forgot to like it or whatever. It's going to be hard for me to find it because CSS is popular. It's going to be hard for me to find that if I don't know the creator, if I don't have anything to go on other than the content of the video. But if I, I'm, I'm so easily in literally one click, I'm able to bookmark it or favorite it. I'm able to save it if the, if the creator allows me to. Um, I'm able to like it. I'm able to just watch it and go back in my watch history in the, in the case of YouTube shorts. It's so, it's so, it's such a hybrid there where it's not just instant. It's not just the instantaneity of say, um, of say Instagram stories or something and, and, and you'll never find it again. <laughs> it's just gone. Uh, it, it has that instantaneity certainly, but it has the structure as an option. If you're a person that's like, I want to recall this video and I download countless TikToks Cause I'm like, Oh, maybe this will get taken down. I think this is hilarious. I'll download it. And I have, I have hundreds probably on my phone of just stupid pieces of content, uh, that are like literally stupid videos for, for the case of being stupid videos and not making fun of the content. Um, but they're just stupid, funny videos. And, um, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, 
I don't want to like forget that. I don't want to uh, miss out on that type of thing. Here's another thing too with this whole instantaneity is that I will download videos of a TikTok. You know, as long as the creator allows it, you click press and hold, you press save to send to my friends in WhatsApp because WhatsApp and other apps make it easier to play the videos right in the app. And I have friends that won't click a link to TikTok, but they will watch it in the app because it's easier. And you can see that even with something like sharing a YouTube link. If you just share a YouTube link, an embeddable player shows up. So what I'm doing is I'm uploading the TikTok file that I've put in. But like I said, maybe maybe an embeddable player will show up in some of these chat apps. I haven't experienced it yet. Maybe it is on some sort of app, but it'll maybe it'll show up and then TikToks will just play right in the app and it gets that person that view rather than me uploading the file. Um, and it's this, it's, it's, everything's just boiling down to be more convenient, more short form, more whatever. Yeah. There's going to be cons to this as we mentioned, but you know, whatever. So I've talked a lot about this, ranted about it. Mike's talked about this last thing here. Mike had a really good point about this vertical video. So the YouTube haikus were traditionally in landscape in your, say your computer monitor or your TV your 16 by 9, your your 1080p's, your 720p's, whatever. Those were what it was. Now, we've switched almost entirely to vertical video. And this started happening with landscape being still king. And people started doing the Gaussian blur where they would stretch their video as the background. And then they would have the Gaussian blur. And then in the center was the in-focus actual video. And just to fill that screen up. Right. Just to fill that screen up there. That's what they used to have. And now we've switched virtually completely over uh, to vertical video because people are holding their smartphone in portrait most of the time in vertical. And it's easier to just open TikTok and start swiping instead of opening TikTok and then turning it. As crazy as that sounds, it's literally just easier to do that. And Mike, you had a really good point about the web and how it's consumed now, too. Yeah. So, I mean. This is this point has been brought up probably uh, like a, a lot on this podcast is the fact that when you're building a website, know your audience, know what they're going to use it for. So for for the most part, and there are some exceptions to this, but for the most part, when you're building a site, you should be focused, hyper focused on the mobile version of the site. That should be it should be a mobile first approach because all the statistics, all the analytics that I've seen in the last. I don't know, four or five years, the majority of users are going to be viewing your content, your site, your, your e-commerce platform, whatever, from a mobile device. So this is why I think like traditionally, uh, Matt and I both have this mindset is that we're, we're widescreen users, like we're monitor users, we're computer users. That's our comfort zone. Now, that seems to be shifting for even us at this point. Right. But really that, that's where we, we liked widescreen content. We like to be working. Exactly. I like to, I still like to build on a, on a four desktop. Like I still prefer that personally, but the, the reality is, is that a lot of people, their primary interface to the web is, is a phone. Like yeah. that's, that's what they're using. Like for most people, I would say that that is the case. So whether it's a third, third world, like, an impoverished country where phones are just easily accessible rather than laptops or computers, right? That's one reason. Or it's just the convenience of it. Matt said like, hey, people don't even want to flip their phone over to landscape mode. Well, people don't even want to go and pull out their laptop to buy your product online 
or people don't even want to own a laptop because their phone could do it anyway. I've heard that argument like ten, like dozens of times at this point from from people like, why do I need a laptop when my phone can do everything that a laptop can do? Like they're not users. Like they, you know, hmm. they don't they don't work on a computer. Or even if they do work on a computer, it's more reason for them to not pull out their computer again because they associate that with work now. Well, it, all, so it also is. is it also has a boot up. It has yeah. like a long boot up. It has this and that. Whereas phones can have a variable boot up, but um, they're largely on all the time. But a laptop, yeah. you know, you still got to manage that battery to some extent. But we're so used to managing the battery of a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, again, so this is a big factor in why vertical video and why short form content has started to take off, right? Is It's because of the fact that the primary user, like the primary listener and the primary watcher of video is viewing it in portrait mode. That's the, that's the thing. And, and most people have a, have a cell phone. Not everyone has a computer anymore. Yes. No, a hundred percent. It, it, uh, I heard of heard from uh, friends that were, you know, in dorms and stuff like that, where the dorm room was traditionally here's your TV, your bed and then maybe a desk. Uh, and, you know, obviously in a small room. Now, a lot of the time, they don't even have a TV in there. They don't even have a way to watch it. They, they're like, oh, I watch I just watch Netflix on my phone. And they're totally fine with just watching hours of content on the on their phone. And when we were going through college, that would have been crazy to us. Like, we're like, oh, we're going to watch Netflix, but we're going to watch it on on TV. And then it kind of became, well, we're going to pull it up because it's easier to pull it up on our phone and then we'll cast it to the TV. And then now and then it's like, you know, we might just watch this in bed and on the phone, <laughs> you know, things screens things have like gotten that. bigger on phones, though. Screens got gotten better. Speakers have gotten better. So like the, the technology has progressed to the point where, hey, my 6.5 inch phone, pretty much a tablet is now a really good media consumption device. Pulling your sword out of your pocket. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So like, yeah, it makes sense that people would just watch it on their phone like it's, or a tablet, I guess. But like regardless, most people are watching. You're right. Full form, like full length content, not just short form content, but like full on Netflix shows completely on their phones. It's still a little crazy to me personally. Like I, I still prefer a larger screen, but in a college dorm room, like, yeah, makes sense. Well, we, we had a person in our in our classes. Uh, this is a that was a Galaxy S3. I remember this. I remember this. Galaxy S3. She used to work a coat check somewhere and they, she would just sit there like, you know, you do your coat check for the wedding and people aren't leaving all the time. So you the uh, maybe the first hour is a little crazy. And then you sit there for eight hours. She used to do her homework on an S3 and do tons of their tons of her code things up, research things, even submit papers from an S3. And I always thought this is crazy. Like who the and I got a friend in IT right now. That will do the bulk of his work on his computer and then will kind of offload it and then decide to start doing it in on his phone. He'll code stuff. He'll use command prompts and all those type of things, command line, and he'll do that on his phone. And it's because the phone is just so familiar now and it plays a big part in this whole short form content thing. But if we're going to talk about escaping the smartphone, you know, a lot of the websites that we build are responsive. They're not just smartphone. They're not just desktop. They're not just tablet. They do it. They do it all, or they at least try to do it all. And you can escape the smartphone with this experience. If you don't have a smartphone or you don't want one or you don't have data or something, and you want to watch this short form content, this short form vertical video, you can on TikTok, on YouTube and on Instagram and on Facebook because Facebook actually has reels too. But I'm going to go over 
some of the experience that you'll have with these things. Now, I want to say that I went over these things quickly. So maybe some of the stuff is, uh, some of the stuff you might be like, Hey, you actually can, you know, play that differently and you can use keyboard shortcuts or something. I only went over this quickly as a consumer. I didn't do like in-depth research and it's also always changing. So, uh, TikTok. So you, you know, you go to, the, go to the TikTok website and it plays content right away for you. You're not logged in for you page opens up, auto plays the video sound on. Not logged in. Boom. You can log in, of course. You can scroll to see more content. Um, content auto plays as it comes into the viewport. I believe you can use a keyboard down arrow if you want to just next arrow, next arrow, next arrow. But videos are still vertical. They're not landscape. And a lot of computer, computer monitors are not vertical. Some people do have them in portrait, but a lot of them are not that. They're, they're, uh, horizontal. They're in landscape. And so you have a lot of white space around the video, but it shows a lot of the functionality that's normally an overlay on the phone. So the like button, the comment button, those type of things are no longer on top of the video as an overlay. They're to the side of the video. Um, but it's not a full screen experience like it is on phones. And they don't do the Gaussian blur thing where they show you a 16 by 9 video and automatically an algorithm like takes the video, stretches it, and then blurs the red, the rest of it. And then you have this big vertical bar in the middle that plays the video. It doesn't do that. We're almost kind of beyond that in some cases. Some of them, some people will still do that, whatever, if they're uploading a landscape video to a vertical video thing. Like there's, there's a use case for it, but it doesn't do this automatically. You just, you're just left with this vertical video in a very small portion of your screen and <laughs> you just have all this white space. Um, YouTube.com, YouTube.com. Of course, you can watch YouTube videos in landscape, uh, in a variety of different in a variety of different resolutions, but YouTube shorts does make an appearance on here. You got to click on the YouTube shorts button. So it doesn't just automatically start playing stuff. YouTube.com. Then you click on the shorts button. Um, it'll, it, it works like it, it shows up. It has a lot of white space. They fill more of the space vertically. So there's, um, it fills a lot more of the space top to bottom and they still have a lot of white space on the left and right and some on the top and bottom, depending on your resolution uh, in my experience. And a lot of that functionality stuff is just like TikTok along the sides and is no longer um, overlaid. But you can see here, it's a bit of a different approach where YouTube is not diving all the way into shorts where when you go to TikTok, it just starts right there in the for you page. Um, YouTube is still focusing on their more traditional videos at the variable length that they are usually in landscape up to hours long, whatever those type of things. Um, but there are some conveniences here. Like you can just scroll uh, to see the next video to autoplay it. You can just press the down arrow on your keyboard, things like that. So they are in it. They're not just half-assedly showing it. This is a similar experience to how it is on TVs. I have a Google TV and you can watch shorts on, on a Google TV. Uh, and you can, there's also a TikTok app as well, which I have not tested, but I assume it's very virtually the same. And a TV is generally not in portrait. So that's something to consider. Instagram.com. So Instagram.com, when you're not logged in, um, I, I kind of get the impression that they mostly want you to use their mobile app still. Instagram.com has come uh, a fair bit away in the last like number of years, though. You can still use Instagram. There is a Windows app, for example. Uh, so you can use it on Windows. Microsoft Store app. Um, but just in my own personal, like I get the impression they wanted to use that mobile app because they can kind of control the experience a little bit better. Um, but you know, if you're not logged in, um, you can, you can view a couple of posts and then it'll say, Hey, you know, 
why don't you log in type of thing. So it's trying to get you to, at the very least to, uh, to log in. But when you're logged in, uh, you know, it's more fully functional. Um, it, you can't upload from the website. I have not tested the, the app. Can't upload from the website. You can't upload content, but, uh, it's more fully functional on desktop. Uh, there's a lot, there, there still is a lot, there's a lot of white space, but you can see more things. You're not going to be constantly interrupted with, Hey, please log in. Hey, please use your mobile app. Um, not as much anyway, because I went through quite a few uh, reels in my testing. So, I mean, as a kind of conclusion to this episode, but it might be a long form conversation because there's a lot to talk about with this stuff. This is a big shift in how we use things. Um, there's these weird problems that we ignore on desktop, on the, on the TVs and all these type of things. And I'll bring up three sort of topics and questions and we'll just kind of explode and talk about a bunch of those things. So lots of screen real estate is not used up lots of white space. And these are big Titan sized tech companies that are just totally okay with that. They're not trying to make any, make any sort of crazy, uh, you know, Gaussian blur automatically, blah, 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 to fill the screen. They're just like, yep, it's vertical video and there's going to be a lot of white space because you're not on the right thing. But people like it so much that, hey, you're going to be able to use it. Um, is there room? There's a question I have. Is there room for short form landscape content? Where did where did the short form landscape content go? We had those YouTube haikus. Some of them were portrait. Yes, with the Gaussian blurs or not. But some of them were obviously horizontal. Uh, or yeah, horizontal, like where is that stuff? Where is the short form landscape content? Is there room for it? Is there room for it? I don't know. And then there is a hardware thing I want to discuss. I know I'm throwing a lot at us, but we'll just kind of discuss to the end of the episode. Samsung does have that rotatable TV. It has a T it's a TV that is in landscape and it will go portrait and it's supposed to do so under certain circumstances, such as when, when it detects a video is vertical. Maybe this is the future. I don't know if that's the case. It's very, very niche right now. It's also very expensive. At least to me, it's very expensive, but it is a cool idea. I'm not opposed to it. And I remember when they showed it off, they showed that when it's in vertical, obviously it'll show your vertical videos, but it also shows more of an information screen, kind of like how a mall has those big smart screens at their little smart kiosks to find if it's, let's say, an interactable map. And that's vertical. That's not a big horizontal screen. That's a big vertical screen. So it's kind of like that where it'll show maybe your weather or your commute to work is has a traffic jam on it, stuff like that. So I kind of just want to discuss this because it it might sound like, you know, I'm talking just about apps and it's like, why mention that for the web? The big thing that made me trigger this is because TikTok.com is now just like YouTube. You can embed TikToks. And I, I, I don't know when they did this. I think it's recently. But you can embed TikToks, you can watch TikToks, you can upload TikToks. TikTok.com is just sort of like YouTube, but it's for vert vertical video. Where are we at as web designers when people want us to, web designers and, and web developers, I should say, when people are like, hey, here's a non-optimized uh, format, make it work everywhere. So <clears throat> it's a, this is a tough one. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, but let me just unpack the Samsung rotatable TV First, in my opinion, that's an extremely niche product that will never really like have any sort of actual practical use case in the real world. So, you know, I'm talking 0.0001% will, will have something like that. So I, I don't think that that's a thing that will happen uh, just because portrait TV content just it doesn't I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it just it's something that doesn't 
appeal. I, it, it might be a personal preference thing personally. Like I'm, I'm probably putting in my own bias. I just don't see that happening. Can I, I, think, can I actually bring up yeah. a point, point to you right now? And mm-hmm. somebody brought this to me. I didn't make this up or I didn't think this up. For years and years and years, entertainment has tailored to the biggest demographic or the, at least their targeted demographic. And it would target, say, millennials. Like if we like cartoons as a kid, like you're a millennial, but you're a kid, you're watching cartoons and those cartoons are tailored for millennials in content, in what's on the screen. Like if kids like if millennial kids like robots, you got a bunch of robot shows, for example. For years and years and years that happened. And there's similarities with the previous generations. It's it's landscape. It's longer form, right? It's 20 minutes or even more stuff like that. But what happens when, let's say, after the millennials, let's say the the Gen Z, the Zoomers, as they're often called. Um, what happens if if let's just say I'm just I don't know if this is a true statistic, but let's say they prefer vertical video. Are they going to have TVs in their homes? And if they do. Are they going to are they going to pass on, hey, like, let's watch vertical video content to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. And then all the guys that are all the people that are used to landscape content die off or become a smaller demographic, maybe as the generations grow or whatever. And the market's going to shift to them. This is often why people will say all the new stuff is bad. All the new shows are bad, but then they like some random show. It's because that random show, chances are, are targeting your demographic. Chances are, not always, targeting your demographic. But if the if a show is trying to get an, an appeal to the masses, it might, it's going to target the biggest demographic. Of course it is, at least mostly. And the hardware is going to be the exact same thing. Hardware is going to do the exact same thing. So people, you know, I, I have a rebuttal, a, a rebuttal to this. I, I strongly believe this will not happen. And mainly because the reason that vertical video and vertical content is popular is because of small four factor screens that are right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. right? That we're holding a phone. It's comfortable to hold a phone like this. Mm-hmm. It is not because we prefer the that content form. It's not because we don't like, you know, we, we like it horizontal or vertical. It is only because of the form factor of our devices. Okay. And the biggest thing with vertical content in a longer form, like farther away screen is that it takes up way less of our vision. The reason that we've always had horizontal content is because our eyes are horizontal. We're not vertically eyed. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at a screen, like a big screen, we see the her, like, you know, the left and right side. If we're looking at a screen up and down, we're going to have a really weird viewpoint because we're going to have so much empty space on the left and right. We're not going to be able to, we're not like, it's not enjoyable to process content in that way. The only but reason it's enjoyable is because it's right in front of our faces. We're also talking about, we're also talking about content, though, if you notice, from a lot of the time, individuals, content creators or small teams. We're not talking about really big uh, production houses. And the reason why I mention that is. Where is the majority of the viewers going to watch it? And when they go home, are they going to want to watch it on their entertainment system? If you're a small team, you don't have the capacity to make a vertical and a landscape version of that thing. 
for example, for example. So I'm just curious, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm trying to play devil's advocate to you. Like, I don't know yeah. if, if, if portrait TVs are going to take off. I don't, I don't know that. I'm not, I'm not even, to be totally honest, I think the jury's out like I, on that. I, I just don't know, but I, I could, I could see it happening. I could also not see it happening. But are we going to uh, are we going to come home, throw your phone on your wireless charger and then you say voice assistant, please play TikTok. And then it plays and then plays the next one. Then it plays the next one. And you just sit there and watch it. Is that what is going to happen? That's almost a joke from the Demolition Man. I don't know if you remember that where they where the whatever, some sort of apocalyptic event happened and they love jingles and they love commercials and ads because they're short. They're like, oh, like this, is the oldies channel. This is awesome for the radio ads. I'm going to say right now, if that is, if that becomes a standard and it actually like portrait TVs actually take off, I will be upset. Like, I think that that's, <laughs> that's going to be me like shaking my, shaking my fist in a cloud moment. Like that's going to like, that's such a ridiculous thing in my mind right now. Like portrait video, in, like I, I've been always against portrait video to be fair, like just for the audience out there, I have a bias against it. Uh, that's been slowly converted. To the point where, like, I'll watch the content before I just freaking hated it with a passion of a thousand mm-hmm. suns. And now it's just like, yeah, the content is content and you can make great content in, in vertical or in horizontal. But to, to have, like, if there's a movie that comes out in portrait, which I'm sure will happen as a niche piece of content, and it becomes popular to the point where it starts being made and made more and more and more, that will drive that adoption of, like, the portrait screens, uh, TV screens. That's that's an upsetting future for me. Like that's that's so shitty. Like I can't even imagine. Can you imagine but, a, but, theater, but it, a theater I, I screen would, in vertical mode? Like that's gonna. I don't look think like that's shit. the case though. I think that rotating screens might become the thing. Rotating screens are too complicated to mass produce. No, like it's it's. But it's a niche product, right? What if TVs yes. become niche? Christ, I don't know. Maybe the I, home phone. The home phone was the most secure thing ever, and, and and it was the best way to make money for these for these telecom companies. Everyone wants to have a phone. All of a sudden, the phones go mobile, and home phones are gone. Are we? Am I going to have a home phone? I don't think so. If, you know, uh, like, you know, you know what I mean. Like, if I go buy a new house, am I going to have a home phone? No. Like, I'm kind of grandfathered in with an old home phone, but like, am I going? Am I going to? No. Like, probably not. And that's gone. So, what happens when the person who grew up in a dorm room with no phone, or sorry, with no TV and just a phone or just a tablet or just a laptop? Yes, those. This the laptop is landscape, and I'm saying a laptop's going to suddenly become a big portrait thing. Although maybe big old tablet or something, but I, 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 this is you know this might be lunacy. This might yeah. be lunacy. <laughs> it no, sounds but, like but, lunacy. Yeah. But what if it isn't? Like, what if it? Because someone someone's on their phone and they're like, oh, I, I'll watch. Um, like, I'm not saying movies are going to go portrait. What I'm saying is, is they can for movies. It, you have to go through the quote unquote cumbersome process of finding the movie in the feed, clicking the movie, and then it turns to landscape and then you literally just turn your phone which is cumbersome for short form content because you might be switching it back and forth back and forth which is why it's all vertical because it's the default position it's the easiest access but if you're going to watch a, an hour episode of rings of power or you're going to watch an episode of whatever you're you're sitting there for an hour so you're like you're fine with doing a little bit of prep getting the popcorn doing whatever i i'm just i'm just saying like me it's entirely pop because and the thing is is like you're saying you're saying like, you know, it's lunacy. I don't know if it will be because what if it just becomes the norm? You you buy a TV. If you want it to be horizontal, 
it'll just stay horizontal. You want to stream that content and you want to watch vertical content on your phone, then fine. But as more and more content goes vertical, it's and, and more and more people are born and grow up with vertical and maybe prefer vertical. Like, a, um, let's say like a typical household might have, you know, a few TVs, but let's say the kid doesn't have their own TV, but the kid does have a smartphone. They get used to vertical video pretty quick. And whenever the t- the family, like let's say the, t- the family TV is in use and they can't use it. Well, they can use vertical video and they'll get used to it. And then maybe they won't even have a TV in their house. It's, it's, it's entirely possible. What do I use my TV for? YouTube videos, longer form content like TV shows and video games. I know a lot of people that don't game, so that's out. I know a lot of people that do not watch anything, do not watch anything but YouTube. They don't watch any Netflix. They don't watch anything like that. If they watch movies, they go to the theaters. I know some, I shouldn't say a lot. I know some people that do that. So do they need a TV? Nope. No, they I mean, do not. You're, you're describing a dystopian society. That's how I see it. Like, I this, don't think this that's is, dystopian. I think it's just form for, factor. It's for, just, for it's me. just now. Because think about this: what what happens when we start getting smart displays in our in our um our glasses? One of the big that, things that I was telling horizontal. you about. That's yeah, but that but it's it's in a format that can show either, and it's taking up a lot of my vision. That's a di- totally different form factor. To totally, so, but that's so, a totally different argument because then widescreen content still makes sense because there's no uh there's no like pref not not even preference there's no it's not hard to flip a virtual screen in your eyes you know what i yeah. mean like the old like again the only reason that vertical videos have taken off is because this is like i'm doing right now an action of putting my phone into landscape mode is more awkward to hold than this that's literally the only reason sure Right. Like that's sure. just the, the, so if that becomes if that do, no longer is a factor, then widescreen content is still going to dominate what you're what you're describing without the VR part part of it is that people will get so used to portrait content that it will now start dominating even in the bigger media space. And it, it, no matter what, how you put it, Matt, it will happen to the point where if everyone prefers portrait content, the movie industry, the show industry mm. will move towards portrait content, hence the dystopian future. I, see, I, I disagree with that partially because a lot of what a TV is used for and a lot of what landscape video is used for are traditional media, say, like movies and TV. Correct. Movies and TV didn't suddenly start making short form videos, maybe for marketing, but they, they didn't suddenly like, – like right now, they're not like, hey, let's – Let's start up a TV show, the vertical video. Maybe there will, maybe there is one out there or something that's, you know, specifically for this to try it out. Maybe there's a couple of TV shows that are planning on doing it. But the thing is, is like the actual medium itself, they need the, the, the widescreen. They need the ultra widescreen. They, they need that stuff. I don't think that content is going anywhere. I'm talking solely on the hardware. I think the TV's rotating sounds ridiculous today, but so did having a smartphone all the time. So did having Facebook and, and, and that all the time. So that sounded ridiculous to us right before college, maybe early college. Phones were very much like, get your email on there. Maybe check a web page if you need to, but the web wasn't really that great on mobile. And now it's like, oh, I need to look something up. I'll just quickly, you know, there's an app for that. It was a big, it was a big phase. There's an app for that. 
And then now it's not apps. Maybe it's web apps. They're mixed in PWAs and all this stuff. It's form factor. It's all for, all that stuff. All that stuff's arguably form factor. So I think that the TV, what if the, what if it's not a rotating TV? What if we all start using projectors, small projectors? Like well, that could happen where it's just like a little base boop. And then it just projects up into the wall. Small projectors are a thing. I just like. I, I get what you're saying, and I actually I kind of I'm starting to agree with you in that in that sense. I just I can't. The only issue that I have right now is like, why would people watch vertical content on large form factors? The same reason why they throw on Netflix and then go on their phone. Just they don't to actually, actually want to have. They don't even. They don't actually want to have Netflix on. Maybe it's just a background noise. But, uh, but then why the, do you need sh- that rotation then? Then you can just have the blurring. No, because there will be some like like I said, like I said before, it's like I will watch I watch more TikTok than I do other other format, but I do follow specific creators. I do watch specific shows, those type of things. I don't think that type of stuff is going to go away. Be- and, and and the numbers do suggest that as well, because obviously the Disney Plus shows and various other Netflix shows and stuff like that more recently have done really very well, like very, very well. And those are long shows that have a lot of talking. A lot of them do. They're complex shows emotionally or whatever. Like, like you know, there's audiences there. Like the audience is there for complex shows. That doesn't assume the audience is a fool. And then there's obviously like a – like comedies that are more easier access and stuff like like something like the Sopranos, which is old now, but something like the Sopranos is like a, a, a complex show. It doesn't tell you what day, what day it is. It doesn't guide you. Maybe three months have passed, maybe two days have passed since the pre- previous episode. And some of the stuff is assumed and some people just disappear off the screen sometimes and stuff like that. Like that assumes the audience is like intelligent and, and following what's going on. Right. But then comedies, let's say some of them are more complex, but some of them are just for fun. That's It's supposed to be lesser um, entry. You know, uh, cartoons will explain things more because obviously kids don't understand, <laughs> don't understand the complexity of something like The Sopranos for something like that. So I, that that's just it, like I I don't think that the content, like the videos, the the movies, the TV are going anywhere. To be clear, but if you notice, a lot of the top shows right now are MCU related. Licenses are selling these things, right? So I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't I, like there's there's always going to be a spectrum of like, you know, some person believes full heartedly on this side. Some person believes full heartedly on this side. And then usually the truth or the reality be, is in the gray area in the middle somewhere. Maybe it leans more to, you know, maybe it'll maybe there'll be more rotating TVs, but they are niche, but they're less niche than they are now. Or maybe they maybe projectors take over and TVs go away. We're, we're already talking about getting rid of monitors and traditional setups for mixed reality headsets. Is that going to take off? We don't know. Depends on the convenience. It depends on this and that. We all know that like meta is trying to get into the space with meetings and stuff like that in VR. All this stuff is all up for, for debate and question. And the hardware will just follow wherever the market goes, of course. But, but I don't, I don't hardware, think hardware limitations, like right now the metaverse is up against the, uh, sickness, like motion, motion sickness thing, right? Like they're, they're trying to beat that right now. That's why HoloLens has lost the military contracts and stuff like that. Like they can't, they can't get past that with the general public at this sure. point. So once that is passed, like it, there are going to be some hardware limitations to some of these things as, oh, as we for move sure. forward. But yeah, the hardware does try to follow, try to get to the point where you're right. Like, to, like we're tried, 3D TVs right yeah. now. Are they around? Not really. No. 
No, although there's a new monitor out that you can do 3D uh, with a cam- cameras that tracks your eyes and no no glasses. Like the 3DS kind of, probably. Like the 3DS, but instead of having it so that you have to look at it exactly at it, it'll have cameras that look at you so that no matter what direction you're looking at it from, it's 3D. But that's niche. That's niche, yeah. That's, that's super niche. niche. That's super niche. Correct. Like a lot, a lot of things that people always yeah. freak out, like, oh, my God, this is going to take over. and It's going to go away. It's like, not really. No. I mean, yeah. like people still drive cars. Not when the bus was invented. Not, not everyone jumped on the bus. <laughs> you yeah. know, relax. You know, yeah. it'll if, if, if anything, it's going to take a, a ton of time. But I think just to quickly end this conversation, I think we should slow, uh, quickly talk about the second point you have here. Is there room for short form landscape content? And. I want to say yes, because I think short form content works in any format. Like, I don't think that that's, you know, I don't think it's tied to a portrait format because people want short form content in general. The only reason that I'm hesitating is because, again, the domination of vertical screens like phones is just so high. Like, look, take a look at what, what you just described, like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, right? Uh, well, you, let's take YouTube out of this because they've always had a pretty good desktop application. But TikTok and Instagram, their desktop applications, when they launched, were non-existent. Like, they were garbage or did not exist, literally. And in fact, not only when they launched, how many years did it take them to be like, well, maybe desktop does have some users. Let's let, you know, let's give Jimmy and Bill over there uh, the priority to make this a desktop forming app and you know last year i would say last two years is when those applications actually became desktop relevant but initially for all of their revenue raising time like when they were either being sold or being popular like you know at at their peaks essentially it's all been pure vertical video so when you're making something like again to come back to the point that i made earlier in the episode when you're designing something for the web the reason that we say design mobile first is because that's really what matters. Look at look at the massive players in the game. They're designing mobile first. Desktop is literally an afterthought for billion dollar companies. So why are you designing desktop first? You, like that, that's what that's what doesn't make sense right now. Is like you're a small company, you're designing desktop first, and you're kind of putting a mobile as an afterthought when that's where your users are. So I actually have a, a, a rebuttal to that. Is I agree with you saying, you know, you, your mobile experience should be ace. My thing is it should just be ace to, despite the device, because I think we're going to have to start getting used to things escaping, not just from big screen to desktop and TVs to something like a smartphone. We're going to start, and I mentioned this before, VR, AR, all that stuff is going to start going crazy and you being agile enough to make every experience at the very least good is going to be a very good skill. And you're right on that. And like, I, I for personally, I 100% agree with you. But from a budget startup perspective, trying to get to market perspective, mm. that's where I see like, again, you focus on the mobile. You make sure point. that, and, and the point, like the, the point that I'm trying to make is that like, when you're focusing on mobile as well, on desktop, it might not look amazing, but it's usually going to at least work functionally. Right. Like, like I know YouTube, I know Instagram and TikTok's website literally didn't work on desktop, but that was their architectural problem. Whereas with a small SaaS application or a, like a, a, you know, a startup that you're creating, most of the time, if you designed for mobile and you create a web application for mobile, 
it's just going to scale on desktop. It might look a little bit awkward here and there, but everything like functionality wise is going to work. Don't, don't make two separate sites. That's, I think the mistake that I, a lot of older companies did. They made like a separate mobile site and a separate desktop site. An M dot. Where, yeah. Mobile dot. Et cetera. Exactly. Where they had to like match functionality, uh, one for one, but with, a mobile responsive design that we have right now, when you're designing for mobile, you're inherently creating a usable experience on desktop. Whereas the other way around is not the case. That's why mobile first is more important across everything else. Because like, if you design a desktop website that does not scale or does not, you know, uh, flex, flex, uh, grow or whatever, it's not going to be usable on mobile sometimes. Like you won't be able to scroll over sometimes. The buttons are going to be too small, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just going to be a non-functional application. So that's my only point. But I do agree with you, Matt. Like when you're designing, if you have the time especially, or if you want to capture the biggest audience you can, you should make it ace on both mobile and desktop. And that'll future-proof you most likely for something like AR, VR as well. It's a very good point. That's a very good point with the the mobile first, because I always think, well, I'll just make my thing responsive because I'm, again, living in the world of Webflow, WordPress and other site builders and then small custom sites as well for small, small to medium business. And it's not that many more hours to make it good on all of it. But when it's a mobile or uh, when it's a, uh, a web app or some sort of SaaS and the list goes on more complexity, you're 100 percent right. Where adding like six months might screw them out of some sort of funding. That they're trying to get, you know, this investor's like, yeah, you take another six months already. Get out of here. You know, you're, you're trying to appeal to such a small part of the market for another six months. Like, what do you think you're doing? I'm going to get out of here. So it's a very, very good point. Uh, my closing note is actually going to be uh, one that you brought up. And I didn't even think of this before the show is um, the whole reading account, the content you're seeing. I think maybe you and I both kind of came to this conclusion in the middle of the episode, but it's a really good thing to consider because okay so i go to a new site let's say i don't know what this product is no idea if if you're trying to be like edgy and you're like this is a solutions engineering i immediately don't know what the hell is going on and i usually leave i oftentimes click on the pricing or the features chart and read through that because it's point form and i can see what your product does because the usually the front page doesn't tell you And I think this lends itself not to vertical video, but to short form content, because I want to know what your thing is now. I don't want to read about how, you know, 10 years ago you were working in some sort of bad job and I don't care. Once I use your product enough, maybe I'll care. So when you're designing for vertical video slash short form content, more for more so on the short form content thing is. Keep your stuff short and sweet where appropriate. Some stuff absolutely is better long form, absolutely is better uh, with a lot of text, especially if it's something that needs a lot of explanation. Otherwise, it'll get confused or whatever. Of course, this is a long podcast. You know, this is a long form podcast. Always, always has been probably always will be maybe to an extent. But the whole point is that, you know, if you you might go to our TikTok you might watch our TikToks, you might like that content, and then you might come here. You might have done that already and you're listening to me say this because you're like, oh, you know what? I'll check out these HTML, all the things, guys. Maybe you saw Mike's tweets. That's short form, written mostly content. Then you came here and listened to this. We, I know already that there's one person that came from here to my gaming podcast to one of my streamer friends. 
And he's told me that, like, just let me know. Sort of been like, hey, someone actually followed you from place to place to place. And they told me about it. That's pretty cool. So, but it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if drawn in by short form content, possibly. Um, but I think we've kind of covered this topic to death. I would love to hear uh, your thoughts on the topic. Absolutely. If you have any comments or if you think that we're crazy for, th- for think I'm crazy for thinking that TVs might disappear to some extent. I don't know. But if you want to support episodes like this, remember, we are on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash HTML. All the things and many thanks to our three dollar tier patrons. Ryan Gashel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com. Bib Hashash from Nine Block Media and nineblockmedia.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. Magnus from YesWeb via yesweb.se. Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale. And Fire Ant Season via fireantseason.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.